0: The Adam Crowley Show.
1: What is that? It's there's some still, uh, oh, there's some still stuck to my mouth. Get rid of it. I can't. And it's awful.
0: Okay. Uh, we, uh
1: I heard a little bit of Harry Caray.
2: Uh,
0: <laughs> Adam Crowley on ESPN Pittsburgh.
2: You found the Crowley Show where your mom listens, and you should too. 412 2874 is the number to call, or you can join the cast of dozens and follow me on Twitter at underscore Adam Crowley. No Brian LaMartina today. He's sick. Shirtless Tom, though, still behind the glass. Check him out on Twitter at ButtonPusher970. Tell your kids, tell your wife, we're doing radio up in here. I just witnessed something beautiful in my mentions, on Twitter.com, it was two men for about three hours fighting back and forth about Le'Veon Bell only to, at the end, apologize to one another and, I think, actually become friends. Uh, This from Chris in that exchange, thank you for the apology. I'm sorry for being an ass. This is Twitter? You never see that anymore, man. Never. It doesn't happen that way. Usually there's a side of bigotry and racism, a lot of condescension, a lot of name-calling. That is a man taking responsibility for being a jerk. And I'm happy that our show could unify these two people. Problem is, this Le'Veon Bell discussion is doing this to people. Jeremy Fowler's report is making people peel their skin off. What happens when he comes back? Why is he coming back when he is? What's going to happen with Le'Veon Bell in the future? Are they going to use the transition tag? What's it mean? What's it mean? What's it mean? What's it mean? What's he guaranteed? No one knows. Except for Fowler, who told us, and now we have an understanding. Jeremy Fowler reported that the Steelers actually offered Le'Veon Bell $17 million in guaranteed, additionally to the first-year contract, which is always virtually guaranteed, right? Because you're going to play that first year. They're not going to cut you before year one of the deal. So that's guaranteed, plus the 17 mil. I'm no math major, but that's... <laughs> Carry the one seventeen. That's $31 million guaranteed! So the Steelers did not do wrong by Le'Veon Bell. That would have made him the highest-paid running back in the league at that point, before the James Gurley signing of his deal. And it would have given him enough guaranteed money where he can live comfortably for the rest of his life. So the Steelers didn't do anything wrong. Let's move past that. The question is, though, is Bell too pissed to want to come back into the Steelers' locker room? Are the Steelers too pissed to let him back into the locker room? Well, here's what Bell had to say to Jeremy Fowler. Quote, I'm not really too upset about it. It was a little bit disappointing that they talked about him. But I understand their side. And, quote... I don't think he's going to be too mad to show back up because of what they said. And I think that his teammates will put it all aside just as long as Le'Veon Bell comes back and plays well. I don't think it's going to be that hard for this all to work swimmingly once he returns. I really don't. I talked about it earlier on in the show. But if your girlfriend's a total jackwagon... And is hanging out with a bunch of dudes and lying about it. It sucks, right? But if she comes crawling back to you in her skimpy ass bikini. Looking all hot. And says, I'm sorry sweetie. I want to get back together. You're going to let her back into your bed. Now, if since she's lied to you. She's put on 45 pounds. She continues to be a jackass. She keeps lying and seeing other guys. And she says, hot, I want to get back in the bed with you. She's picked up a smoking habit. Now, all of a sudden, she's got a tattoo right below her left breast. You're going to say, you know what? I'm out. I think I'll meet someone else. It'll be okay. If she's more one-piece material now than two-piece material, you're not going to be as inclined to hop back in the sack with her. If Le'Veon Bell comes back and he's chubby, out of football shape, unable to perform, well, then, yeah, the Steelers are going to be mad. If Le'Veon Bell comes back and is the guy that Le'Veon Bell's been throughout the course of his career when he's on the football field, a stud, then Ramon Foster ain't going to be mad. Ben Roethlisberger, Antonio Brown, Mike Tomlin, none of those guys, Marquise Pouncey, they ain't going to be mad because he'll be helping them win football games. And he'll be better than what they've got right now because there's the other thing you factor into the occasion. If you're vain, and most of us are, right? I'm not. I'm perfect. But the rest of you, you're vain. Here's the other part of the equation. If there's a hot girl that you're already dating and the old girl comes back, well, you start comparing the two, right? Well, she's nicer with this. She'll do that. (laughs) She won't do that. She's willing to let me hang out with my dude. She'll do this. She'll do that. You start weighing the two pros and cons. You'll make yourself that list, right? And ultimately, you'll make the decision. Well, is Le'Veon Bell better than James Conner? I think the answer is a resounding yes. And if you've got the ability to have him on your roster for a handful of games this season, you take him on your roster. And you say goodbye at the end of the year. Here's what James Conner's done since the Cleveland game. 32 carries, 97 yards, 3.03 yards per carry. Yikes. Now people are jumping up in my Menchies saying, Crowley, they're not trying to run. They've been behind in games. Well, they're not trying to run because they're not good at it right now. And yeah, I think it has affected their volume a little bit having been behind in games. But they've also been...
3: Service in Pittsburgh has issued a tornado warning for South Central West Moreland County in southwestern Pennsylvania until 6:45 p.m. At 6:10 p.m., a severe thunderstorm capable of producing a tornado was located 7 miles north of Seven Springs, or 13 miles northwest of Somerset, moving east at 25 miles per hour. Hazard, tornado. Source, radar indicated rotation. Impact. Flying debris will be dangerous to those caught without shelter. Mobile homes will be damaged or destroyed. Damage to roofs, windows, and vehicles will occur. Tree damage is likely. This tornadic thunderstorm will remain over mainly rural areas of south-central west Moreland County. This includes Pennsylvania Turnpike between mile markers 94 and 100. Please report severe weather by calling 412-262-1988. Posting to the National Weather Service Pittsburgh Facebook page, or using Twitter of NWS Pittsburgh. Take cover now. Move to a basement or an interior room on the lowest floor of a sturdy building. Avoid windows. If you are outdoors, in a mobile home, or in a vehicle, move to the closest substantial shelter and protect yourself from flying debris.
2: I just am going to lose my mind. Hey, everybody, there's a tornado coming. We don't need to tell them every five minutes. We can do the warnings, right? Nope, like illegal, five- illegal. Don't do it. Don't start making the sounds. and Do the EAS thing. We'll get kicked off the air faster than you can say Carlos Bocanegra. Beep. No, you can't. You're really not allowed to do it. I was just beeping. I know you were just beeping. Stop beeping. Brian will put his foot up your ass.
1: Maybe if the guy will show up every once in a while.
2: You might be saying to yourself, Crowley, you don't need to be able to run the ball the way that you're saying it. It's not 1997, near, near, near. Ten quarterbacks have a completion percentage of 67 or higher and quarterback ratings over 100. You don't need to run the ball. I actually think the Steelers do. Steelers use play action less than any other team in football. You don't. Always have to have a great running game to get play action going, but it absolutely helps. I think the Steelers need some of that in their game, play action. I also think the Steelers need to be able to run the ball effectively just to stay ahead of down and distance, keep some of the pressure off of Antonio Brown. They're one-dimensional right now. They're predictable. Le'Veon Bell would be a boost in the passing game, in the running game, in the play action game. So any Steelers fans that are saying, when he comes back, I'm still letting James Conner tote the rock, you're cutting off your nose to spite your face, and you sound like a dumbass. Coming up next, we get some clarification on a lot of the Le'Veon Bell stuff from Jeremy Fowler, the one person that has actually talked to Le'Veon Bell from the media. We'll get to that next. Probably a weather reporter six in there, too. Mother bleepers. Crowley Show.
0: Adam Crowley. You not know any of the lyrics?
1: There are no lyrics. <laughs> but if I had to mix them up, I would probably go with, Oh, Chechnya, Oh, Chechnya, I love this freaking country.
0: The Adam Crowley Show. Love that show. On ESPN Pittsburgh.
2: Jeremy Fowler does join us now on the Crowley Show. He, of course, from ESPN. Jeremy, I guess one of the things that you probably hate with this job is you break big news, you talk to the big-time athletes, you're all over ESPN both on television and on the interwebs, and then because you're such a huge star, that means slappies like me call you up to try to talk to you.
4: (laughs) That means I get to go on the big-time radio shows. That's what it's all about.
2: You know that's right. Uh, Jeremy when you heard the Steelers offered Bell $17 million in guarantees, was that from Bell or was that from another source? That's from Bell. Okay. That strikes me as a very low offer from the Steelers. I had read before that it was $30 million. I think that was the expected figure. I can sort of see where Le'Veon Bell is coming from a little bit whenever the offer is that low, if it in fact was.
4: Well, I think it's, it's a matter of, and based on what I know about Steelers contracts and NFL contracts, there, there are classifications of guarantees, right? There's, uh, I think the Steelers would typically say that the first year of your contract is guaranteed. Um, So that would be more than 17. I'm guessing 17 is the signing bonus. We didn't get that far down the road, but uh, he said 17 was the only true guarantee. So I think there's a difference between true and likely to be earned guarantees. So, which isn't a guarantee at all, but it's sort of semantics.
2: Okay, so it could have been seventeen million dollars as the bonus, quote unquote, right with the fourteen million dollars being guaranteed for year number one.
4: Yeah, that's my best educated okay. guess. We did not get that far down the line, but he said that the only true guarantee was seventeen, which I'm guessing was the signing bonus.
2: Okay, that doesn't sound that bad then. Jeremy Fowler from ESPN joining us here on the Crowley Show. Jeremy, can you explain how the Steelers could use the transition tag at the end of the year?
4: So basically with any player that you want to either franchise tag or transition tag, you have the two options and the transition is the lesser of the two. It's less money committed. It gives other teams the chance to match or excuse me, to make an offer. So Bell could effectively negotiate with other teams. Then the Steelers could either match that or they could work out a trade. uh, That's not as hefty as say, if you tried to trade under the franchise tag during that negotiation window, which would be uh, typically two first round picks. Um, and then, then that can lessen over time. But uh, that's why the transition was – and I would heard a little bit at camp that the Steelers would be at least intrigued by using the transition tag. Well, Bell went ahead and told me that they told him they would use the transition on him. Uh, this was during the negotiation. I don't know how things have changed since he missed games. Okay. Maybe, the, maybe the tenor has changed. The anger has changed a little bit, um, or at least early on when he missed and they thought he would be there. So, um, so that, yeah, but it, it's it's probably – still an option, particularly if the team can prove that that 17-plus million or whatever this transition tag was supposed to be can be prorated because he missed games.
2: Jeremy, Bell said he still wants to be a Steeler long term if they could figure it out. Did he sound sincere in that to you?
4: I think so, yeah. I mean, I, I tried to press him on it, and he said, like, you know, I'm like, look, man, this, this seemed like a bitter divorce, so what's, what's the situation? Why, why would people believe that that's possible? And he said, well, I just don't think they want me gone just yet. You know, I think um, really the only reason why I'm gone is nothing personal. It's, it's the fact that, you know, Earl Thomas's injury sort of confirmed it for me. Like, I just didn't feel comfortable playing 16 games with that free agency far away, knowing I was unsigned and could sit out if I wanted. Um, and so, but he's like, look, if I had my pick, it would be Pittsburgh. This is where I wanted to stay. Um, it was a matter of the guarantees were, we're, we're his holdup. He just felt that strongly about it so that you know it wasn't a matter of the team or the dynamic or anything else
2: is levy worried about getting hurt when he does come back is it going to change the way that he plays is he going to be uh, concerned about the number of touches he's going to get
4: he says no i mean he, I, I don't uh, anticipate a pitch count of any sort i mean he, he said he fully, when he comes he wants to be fully committed all in um trying to help win games and uh he said he also only knows how to play one speed. So I, I don't know if there's really a middle ground. And, and really, uh, when his agent came out in publicly in week one and asked what the plan was, I, I asked Bill about that. He said, I can't speak for my agent, but I do know that we just wanted to know the plan more about long-term. Is there t- still a chance to negotiate this? Um, what's the plan for me and my rights You know, regarding a potential trade, if they're going to try? Things like that, um, more, more bigger picture than just uh, the immediacy of, of the tag.
2: Does Le'Veon feel like he understands why his teammates lashed out publicly against him when he didn't show up earlier on in the season?
4: Yeah, for sure. I mean, I I think I I sensed a guy who was pretty self-aware about the whole situation and has thought out everything. He said, I understand why penalty and and Foster and those guys were upset. I totally get it. Would I have preferred them to speak out in the media like that? Probably not. Um, But I'm not mad at them or mad about the situation is kind of how he couched it. Um, You know, he did point out that certain players did not uh, rip him, like Roethlisberger, Brown, you know, they all sort of, um, they all, you know, I mean, well, Brown supported him, really, and Roethlisberger played it down the middle. and So um, he he did point that out as well. But, he, you know, I think he sounded like he looked forward to talking with those linemen and and trying to maybe further explain everything else that they might have questions about.
2: How do – they feel about that do do you foresee there being more of a problem i guess i should ask it this way with him returning and and them being mad at him or him being mad at them
4: yeah well after they went nuclear on bill the next day they were sort of well for one i think some guys felt i can't speak for all the players but i I do feel like some guys felt bad about it um the hinted at that but yeah Leon will be welcome back and You know, we we all love Le'Veon, and so, um, you know, they said their piece, and then they sort of moved on and and backed off a little bit. Uh, But then they really tried to go dark on the Bell situation, and I get it. It's not like they want to answer questions about him every day when they're trying to win games and he's not here. So they had had, uh, marked a clear line in the sand at that point that they weren't going to get into Bell discussions. But um, this is a new talking point, and, you know, we'll see kind of what they say tomorrow i haven't gotten the chance to, to talk with, with many guys about it yet of course tom was asked about it and just he, he said the same thing that he's you know the situation is what it is he's not here i have no updates
2: jeremy Fowler from espn joining us here on the crowley show did you talk to him about james connor at all jeremy
4: no i i didn't because uh i mean I, I would have it's just i i tried to get into the entirety of his situation um we didn't we didn't get to connor no but uh you know, he's, he, he basically said that, um, you know, he feels like he could help. You know, that, that he saw, he's watching the game, and he said it's hard to watch because, not, not because of Connor or anything, but just because, like, he sees plays developing before they happen because he knows the playbook the last five years, and he feels like, you know, maybe a scene there or a play here, he could come in and, and, and really try to be a, a missing piece for the team.
2: Did he sound happy? I mean, is this a guy who's satisfied with the way things are going since he didn't get the contract? I mean, it's an interesting way of asking the question, I suppose. Obviously, he'd rather have the long term deal, but is he happy with all the yeah. choices he's made?
4: I think so, yeah. I mean, he, he said he had no regrets, you know? Um, I don't, uh, I, it, it's hard to gauge happiness. I, I didn't, he didn't seem distraught or anything, but, uh, you know, he sounded like, um, Yeah, and he mentioned the Earl Thomas injury a couple times. I think that Mm -hmm. that confirmed for him, in his mind, that he made the right choice. That Like, look, that could have happened to me. And it still can. but at least I have to sort of limit the possibility of that by not touching the ball 400 times this year under a one-year deal. That that was his thought.
2: What if the Steelers say that they want to trade Le'Veon Bell? How would he take that?
4: Well, I asked him about that. He basically said that, it would have to be a perfect scenario, but he he has the power to sign off on a trade because he has to sign the tag before uh, a trade can be executed. Right. Now, if he came, reported, and then signed, and then they traded him afterward, that's different. Um, then I, I guess perhaps they have more power in that regard. But he's open to it. He doesn't think it will happen. He thinks it's too hefty of a price for a rental player. Um, but he said whoever trades for him, as long as they value him and value winning and want to negotiate with him long term, he's open to it.
2: Does he think that the fans are going to receive him well? Does he care how he's received by the fans here in Pittsburgh? I
4: think he cares. I just think he – this was such a uh, – he, he was bullish on this one point about how he just thought it was unfair for running backs in his position to, to not be able to maximize value, especially when Gurley and David Johnson just were. I, I just think he he's he's on that point and isn't going to be moved off it. Um but he you know, he said, Look, I've I've lost some fans out of this probably. Um, you know, I'd like to think I can I can win them back and, and that we can uh win games, but um yeah, I think he's hopeful of that, but he, he can't predict that either.
2: Thanks very much, Jeremy Fowler of ESPN. Uh, he's the only media member who's talked to LeVeon Bell. Le'Veon Bell's off doing his rap thing. He's off on his jet ski doing that thing. He looks like he might have gained a pound or two. But now it sounds like he'll be back week seven. And I think that makes sense for several reasons. They're twofold. And I will give them to you right now. One last year, he was not good the first three games of the season at all. He averaged 17 carries, 60 yards a game, something along those lines. Just not good. If he comes back during the bye week, that's a week of practice to get in sync with his teammates, and then he'll have an extra week of practice whenever he plays the Browns. So that's reason one. Reason numero dos, he wants to get paid for the bye week, and the Steelers can put him on the roster exemption for a couple of weeks. He needs his contract to toll one more season season, He needs to play at least six games, so if he comes back early, if the Steelers want to use the roster exemption on him, he can at least have some built-in time there where he could play those games. Also, it helps to get the cash. There's more cash. It's 10 weeks worth of cash instead of less than 10 weeks worth of cash. I'm not trying to do math on the fly. Tom and I were talking during the break before we got to Jeremy Fowler about playoff baseball. It's the absolute best. I can't name more than
1: three Braves or three Colorado Rockies. Uh, I, it's easier to name the Rockies. Because Nolan Arenado. That's what I'm saying. And Trevor Story. I mean, at least they have two superstars there. I want to say Carlos Gonzalez is still on that team too. Cargo is Trevor Story still? He that guy's a star. You're saying? Oh my God, Trevor Story's a star. Really? You're just exposing yourself as not being a baseball guy, right, Kellen? If you don't think Trevor Story is a star. I mean, is he a star? I don't even heard of the guy. I'm gonna before. look up his stats right now.
2: I don't need you to look up his stats. Never heard of the guy. He doesn't count. He's a star.
1: I don't think I can name any Oakland A's either. Now that's a good one. I can't name a single Oakland It's the Island of Misfit Toys. Trevor Story hit 37 home runs this year and hit 291. What? Yeah. He's a stud. And I know you're a fancy baseball guy. You like this. OBP of 348. Oh. Uh, OPS of 914. Oh, say it to me slow. OPS. 914.
2: OPS is actually a crude measurement for how good a player is,
1: Tom. So please don't bore me with that nonsense. Give me the give me the hard stuff. Would you like the OPS plus? Yes. It's in the hundreds. Okay. It's
2: 127. Oh, that is 27% better than league average. Oh, so good. Say it slow again.
1: Trevor Story. Mm-hmm. OPS Plus. Oh yeah? 127. Oh! Oh my
2: god. Is Coco Crisp still an A? We're checking. Josh Donaldson is an Indian. Correct. I can name all the Indians. That's my club. I can name the Astros. Oh my too. god!
1: Never mind. What happened? I thought for a second that Coco Crisp was an Indian right now. What is he? He's not. He's in nothing. What? He hasn't played since twenty sixteen. Give me the
2: Oakland A's starting lineup now. Go. I don't know it, but you are looking up Coco Crisp. Why can't you look that up? This is baseball in two thousand and eighteen, and I pay attention. But the reality is, it's a regional sport. It's like grown up hockey. Uh, Hockey is a regional sport that not everyone loves. Baseball is a regional sport that from town to town everyone loves, but they don't follow it on the national scale until the playoffs roll around. And then we have conversations like, hey, can you name the A's?
1: Are you ready for this? The A's? Their starting lineup? Yes. Marcus Simeon? 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 Marcus Simeon? Leads off. Matt Chapman bats second. Sure. Jed Lowry third.
2: Oh, I know Lowry!
1: Chris Davis four. Chris with a K. Yep. Matt Olson five. You're gonna know this guy too. Steven Piscotti sixth. Mm-hmm. Mark Connor seventh. Mm-hmm. Jonathan Lucroy, eighth. You know how to say Lucroy. Why'd you have to say it the question? And it looks like Nick Martini, ninth.
2: Give me their starting rotation. Are you kidding me right now? Do you not have it? I don't have
1: it in front of me now. Jesus. This is bad. Brett Anderson.
2: Coco Crisp isn't an A. Coming up next, hottest take of the day. Other crap. Three stars of the show and the Oakland A's pitching rotation. DSP
0: and Pittsburgh. The Adam Crowley Show. Are you putting me in a position to pull a Phil
2: Kessel or something like that right now? Is that what you're saying? I think you did pull a Phil Kessel, and now we're calling you on it like we're calling Dunlap, baby. <laughs> oh, man. Am I on the air right now? Yeah, you're on the air. Oh, I love it. That's awesome. Uh, yeah.
0: <laughs> Adam Crowley on ESPN Pittsburgh. Oh. 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 oh, oh, oh. oh, oh, oh.
2: Everybody was fighting.
1: Those kids were Tom, did the Pirates make the playoffs? They did not make the playoffs this year, no. But they fought with timing. Did you miss that or something? Why do you ask? I thought they might have. I
2: haven't paid attention to baseball in three months.
1: No. Since just the just,
2: since the trade deadline. Just missed it. Just missed it? They had a shot. They were right there? They were right there at the end. Son
1: of a bitch! A lot of people are saying they actually got gypped, but I don't want to get into it. Flacco and Dalton are playing better
2: football than Ben Roethlisberger right now. Ben leads the league in passing yards out of pure necessity. Flacco and Dalton have better passer ratings. Ben has eight touchdowns, five interceptions. Flacco's eight and two. Dolphins, 11 and six. Both of those offenses know what they are. That's the problem here. What was the Steelers' plan on Sunday night? To totally give up on the run? To get the ball in Ryan Switzer's hands as much as possible? To ignore Antonio Brown? The Ravens came out to kill the Steelers with deep shots. Then they tried to take that away. So then Baltimore killed them over the middle of the field. Baltimore has a plan. They have a backup plan. The Steelers have neither. How do you fix that? You get Le'Veon Bell back. It's time for the hottest take of the day.
0: It's time for the hottest take of the day. Day day.
2: day. (laughs) We can play a three-game wild card playoff series. I'm a big fan of the single game because it's like starting the playoffs with the game seven, and then the playoffs right after that, the division series, kind of seems not as important right off the shoot, then it builds back up. But that's as a spectator. As somebody who wants to see fairness as somebody who wants to see the pirates if they ever get back to the damn playoffs have a legitimate opportunity to play more than one game i would like to see them go to a three game series and it's obvious you can do it yesterday they're playing two division games right game 163 today the winners of those or pardon me the losers of those games are playing in another game tomorrow you've got the wild card game in the american league you have i think Ample time to play those three games. Right here. We're staring at it right now. It doesn't need to be that hard. Just do it. Because it's dumb to me to play 162 of anything and say, if it's 25 games into the season and a guy is hitting 300, well, it's a small sample size. You can't believe uh, he's really going to play that way all year long and then have one game decide what was 162 of it, right? Uh, to me, it doesn't make any sense. Baseball is the sport that luck affects the most. Baseball is the sport that you have big samples for a reason. So why decide all that? Why flush it all down the toilet for one game? You're only as good as that day starting pitcher, but what makes you a great baseball team over the 162-game schedule is all of your starters, all of your pitchers, all 25 of your players. Uh, why have one game determine the whole thing? It's dumb to me. There's time for three. Do three. Crowley's right. That's the hottest take of the day. Woo! Other crap. Does Mike know you're to tie games? Woo! Other crap. That was lucky. Woo! Other crap. Been one thousand fifty-four days since the Browns won on a weekend. Woo! Other crap. Been five hundred twelve days since Pitt basketball won a conference game. It's time for the three stars of the show. Tonight's third star of the show, Steelers Nation. Here's the deal, Steelers Nation. Grow the f up. Quit being so soft. Oh, my feelings are hurt. Lay me on Bell. The team's one, two, and one. They can't run the ball. They suck so bad at it, they're not
1: trying to run the ball. Tonight's second star of the show, Prejudice. I am so terrified right now. You saw how profusely I was sweating earlier today. That's because I live in a constant state of terror being a young man. Yes, uh, as a
2: white man, a white young man in this country, uh, I am not afforded the opportunities that other races or genders are afforded. And, and really, it's become such a huge pain in the ass, I don't even want to leave the house anymore.
1: That's what I was just going to say. My anxiety when I step out my front door every day is reaching astronomical levels at this point, where I might just become a, sh- a shut-in. I, 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 the world is out to get us. And tonight's first
2: star of the show, forgiveness. It's easy to forgive the lying girlfriend when she's hot as hell and looks really good in be bikini. When she bends over, picks up her ice-cold beer on the beach, and you catch a little glimpse there, even though she's a lying jackass, even if she hurt you, guess what? You're still taking her back, right? Now if since she's lied to you, she's put on 45 pounds, she continues to be a jackass, she keeps lying and seeing other guys, and she says, Sweetheart, I want to get back into bed with you. She's picked up a smoking habit. Now, all of a sudden, she's got a tattoo right below her left breast. You're going to say, You know what? I'm out. Who
0: let the dogs out.
2: That's not from
1: life experience. That was just an analogy for Le'Veon Belt. Oh, okay. I got gotcha. you. Yeah, just FYI. It was very detailed, though. You even knew where the tattoo fell, right below her left breast. All right, summer 2012.
2: 2012? Yeah. Got HPV. I graduated high school. With HPV? Tomorrow on the show, we get closer to Penguins hockey. Colby Armstrong going to be on with us. Tim Benz to break it all down. Coming up next, a football show. Forget which one.